Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 89 of Utopia to Me with me, your host, Chris Locke. How's it going? What's going on? Where are you right now? Are you rollerblading? Hey, um, does anyone have roller skates? Remember those? Uh, here's the thing. If you're out rollerblading, listening to this podcast right now, slow down, all right? There's other people, and get off the sidewalk. You know what I mean? Always bumping into people, being like, excuse me. No, you excuse us. You're the one on rollerblades. Anyways, I'm sorry to uh, start this podcast episode out so aggressive, but man, you know what I mean? That bothers me. But what doesn't bother me is this episode, because it's a lot of fun. Uh, This uh, guest, we're really lucky, super uh, talented singer, an old friend of mine, and a very lovely, smart, funny lady. Uh, Emily Mover is the guest, and we're going to have a blast. So you know what? Now that I think about it, take the damn rollerblades off and just walk in your socks over to a park bench and uh, sit there and listen to this episode in your earbuds. It's way safer. So here we go. This is episode 89 of Utopia to Me with Emily Mover. We're going to start it right now. So here we go. Ready? Enjoy. Yo, Chris. Um, How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? Did you like that oatmeal chocolate chip cookie? It wasn't the best oatmeal chocolate chip cookie that I've ever had. And not the best service. So what the hell's going on? It was a weird atmosphere down there. Yeah. We totally got butted in front of by... Uh, Some basic bitches. They wanted gelato. Yeah. God, no one cares about me, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's stressing me out. Um, I was here first. Anyways. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, well, you'll, your time will come. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine that uh, the story arc of my life is to turn around and say, um, I was here first. <laughs> and then I am the hero. <laughs> I feel like this whole hour is just going to be me laughing at what the things you say. That's all I want okay. ever. Why don't I say that, okay, Emily Mover, our guest, g- gifted me your latest album, um, Night Owl. Mm-hmm. I have it right here in my hands. That's it. So, uh, I have an interesting story about like one of your album releases, but what album are we at now? Three or four? I feel like there's been quite a few since. Yeah, I guess that. in total, like including kids' albums. Oh and, yeah, like, let's include that too. Pop, like, let's cover everything albums. you do. Yeah. All right. So, Good Shake, Nice Gloves. Uh, seems so long. That's. Is Good Shake, Nice Gloves a kid or an adult album? That's an adult album. (laughs) (laughs) But I was a kid when I recorded it. I was like 18, so. Yeah. Oh, right. You told me about that. That was like my first. So I think I forgot to include that one. In your head? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good Shake, Nice Gloves, uh, Seems So Long, Pop Fantastique, not my idea for a title, but uh, Stella and Sam, the kids one, Um, Mighty Time, and Night Owl. And I may be missing something, but yeah. I think six. Wow, ish. that's really good. Yeah, and so, and then one time I was at my parents' house, and uh, I guess my mom has this satellite TV thing that where she put a station, a kid station on for my daughter, and mm-hmm. your songs were playing. Oh, that's so cool! That was a nice coincidence. I really like when that happens. Today, I got an offer to play a birthday party next year. Because this woman likes a song that was in a Fancy Feast commercial like four years ago. So a kid's, like your kid's songs at the birthday party. No, like she wants to hear pop songs. Oh. Yeah. Nice. 
But the, but you the songs were in the that fancy are on Fancy Fees commercial? Yeah, it was on the it was in the Fancy So you do a lot of commercial work too. Yeah, I've just been really lucky with placements. Yeah. You know? I have some there must be something in my voice that makes people think I should buy that. I think it's the soft sell, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, well, you have a fancy voice and when it hits your ears it sounds like a feast. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the cats. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the cats say. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, who technically uh, listens to those commercials? Cats or people? Hmm. hmm. Um, people with cats. Do you think they actually put something in the commercials to appeal to the cats that are in the room when it's on? I, I wonder. wonder about that. I f- I'm sure. I'm sure they do. Yeah, I bet you like the cat jumping off the couch and going meow in the commercial like signif- signals the other cats. Yeah. Across the land. For sure. We're all trapped in it's hell. It's true. The thing is, advertisement hell. It's true. Everything bad is everything bad is happening. And you contribute to it with yeah. your beautiful voice. That's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> but that's an amazing gig. Well, and you get I got it. You're eat. extremely talented. Well, you know, it's not a. It in there are certain ways of looking at it. They're really depressing. And I've acted in commercials, by the way. Well, m- I mean, most of times. the talented people so that not, I know, I see them in commercials. Yeah, we need to get that skill. That's right. We need to eat. And I'm bringing the word squirrel back, so that's good. You know, enjoy. Um, this my story is is my wife and I hooked up for the first time after your hmm. so not your first but your second album mm-hmm, release, mm-hmm. which was like a huge to do. It was fun. It was the best. It was at the Skyline Diner before it was reopened as the Skyline Diner. Yeah. Hipster edition. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I asked the guy, Louie, if we could use the Skyline. It was just like a diner. Yeah, old vintage diner in Parkdale in Toronto. Yeah. And we went to the Dollarama and bought candles. And Dave Lang from the Transact came and brought like a soundboard and everything. Your uh, dad, who's an old classic jazz saxophonist was mm-hmm. guesting with you that's right and all the musicians were amazing like jay was there and what's jay that cool, anderson what's that other cool drummer that plays with his eyes closed blake howard yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> blake's the best people couldn't not fall in love at that show it was a really beautiful show yeah after your show we were hanging out having drinks together having a lovely time mm-hmm. and then went to another bar <laughs> and had drinks with bill I don't know. Yeah, no, Bill with, and Tom. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, there were drinks, so mm-hmm. I don't remember <laughs> that. Um, I just remember that Kathleen and I were friends mm-hmm. before, and then after that night, uh, we were lovers after. I know. <laughs> it's so nice. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. How long are we in? How long has it been? Six minutes and I got Emily to <laughs> spit out her water. I told you this spit whole take. thing's just going to be me laughing at the things you say. Yeah, be careful. Okay, sorry. There's um, equipment in here. <laughs> I don't want to break anything. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, no problem. Uh, what else should we talk about? You have so yeah, Matt's that's your career. That's my career, yeah. you know, and then writing kids songs. Yeah, I feel like with career stuff, I'm really. I got really lucky in terms of all the placement stuff happening. Yeah. Um, really young. And before that, I like went to university and I wanted to be a musician, but I didn't know how that, that was going to happen. And then it all just kind of landed in my lap. And then for a long time, I was resting on my laurels and just kind of like 
getting really lucky every time money was running out, something else would happen. And now I have more of like a purposeful attitude about it, but I'm I'm not really into like being super controlling with anything. Mm-hmm. So like I like to listen to what the world is telling, like what direction to go in, you know what I mean? And somehow the kids thing started happening. Mm-hmm. And uh and it turns out I really love writing kids music and I'm really good at it. So that's Do you sort of, think of being Raffi-esque ever? Well, that's uh, like I, th- I feel like the ultimate dream would be like being the female Mr. Rogers or something, you know? Oh, like on TV. Being yeah, like, but the only problem is I shoes? don't want to be on TV. <laughs> so I have to like figure out how to marry yeah. that with uh, just songwriting. But My favorite part of Mr. Rogers always was when he was like, all right, where the hell are my shoes? <laughs> <laughs> Did he change his shoes every episode? No, I think he had the same shoes. Oh, we oh. changed it from one pair to another. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Time to put these shoes on. Uh-huh. That's crazy. His relaxing shoes. <laughs> yeah. I don't do that. Do you do that? Change um, your shoes? I guess you I have home? some slippers, but I forget to put them on sometimes. But I'm not like as anal as Mr. Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> He's really anal. <laughs> Where the hell's my other shoe? <laughs> Sounds like Ronald Reagan, actually. And he doesn't put slippers on, <laughs> he puts other shoes on. Yeah, I know. Which I only do if my floor is dirty. But both shoes are like super pristinely polished brown leather, <laughs> <laughs> like dress shoes. <laughs> No, uh, I'm just kidding. I don't no, remember. No, that's not true. Yeah. No, one is... <laughs> one is running shoes. One is moccasins. There's a movie now. Have you seen that movie? I Well, you know what? The trailer really tries to pull at your heartstrings, and I mm-hmm. understand that it probably is a beautiful thing, mm-hmm. but when a when a trailer for a movie is that manipulative, mm-hmm. I can't deal with it. I know what you mean. So I'll see it in my own time, but stop trying to make me cry. Yeah, I get <laughs> I get that. That happened in the... Uh, in the notebook with me, I got really mad because yeah, I, you're like, all right, yeah, it was just so heavy-handed. What do you want, <laughs> <laughs> do you want from me? <laughs> it's weird, I guess, now that I think about it, because I don't see dramatic or sad movies that often. It's not what I'm usually attracted to, but there's this desire in us, I guess, to like. It's like we need help. Help us cry. Like, because we can't do it on our own. So it's like these, these these weird sort of like, they're like, almost like... They're recipes. Dramatic, yeah. yeah. They're like crowbars. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call <laughs> emotional dramatic movies from now on. I'll get the old crowbar out, <laughs> wedge the tears out. <laughs> yeah, I hate movies like that. It makes me so mad. I'm really easy with movies. Like, if, if a movie sets out to do what it clearly set out to do, yeah. then I'm like, that was fine. But I feel like that's the only movie that, there, like, there aren't very many movies that are made that go above and beyond that. Though they're lately, I've seen a few. The people that write the movies aren't crying. No, they're, they're just like, like this will make them. Yeah, cry. they're like, oh, get a load of this. Yeah, watch this. And watch. then, yeah, watch, watch when he kisses her. Yeah, and Look then they get Alzheimer's. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> boom, drop the hammer. <laughs> he can't even remember her. Yeah, God, does that happen in the Notebook? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that that was going to happen. What losers. Yeah, I know. The twist ending. Terms of Endearment made me cry part. really, really like almost suicidally when I saw it. I don't know if I might just Terms have been Terms of Endearment. I can't remember that one. Deborah Winger's in it and Shirley MacLaine's in it. And Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. And um, I thought that the movie was like wrapping up like after she had kind of dealt with her issues with raising kids. Mm-hmm. But then 
Spoiler alert. Um, Alzheimer's. <laughs> <laughs> no, Cancer. Sorry. Really? Yeah. And I didn't realize that was going to happen. And I guess I'd somehow, either I, at the time, which was probably like around 25, I really identified with Deborah Winger's character. Yeah. And then I was like, oh Dead. no, now I'm going to die of cancer. One time I was watching Benji. I've well, you haven't Benji. died of cancer yet. No. Okay. And I doubt I will. But one time I was watching Benji in the theater. Um, I think, I'm pretty sure I was a child. <laughs> but uh, this bad dog is chasing him. Mm. You know, it's the big black wolf or whatever type of dog. And Benji is white Aryan. <laughs> like <a dog>. <laughs> 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 like, I don't know what the undertones good. of those. He's good. <laughs> yeah, why that? Why does this dog have to be the bad one? Anyways, you know what I mean? <laughs> but the Benji runs, hides in a bush, and then the bad dog jumps over the bush. But the bush was bordering on a huge cliff. <gasps> so the bad dog yelps all the way down the cliff oh. until we don't see where it lands. You know what I mean? Yeah. But to me, I was like, that was the sad part. Nothing Benji had to do. I didn't give a shit about him. Yeah. It's like, it's like the bad dog is just being who he is. That's right. And we're still supposed to sit there and celebrate the fact that he f- fell that he to fell his death. he fell and died because he was bad. Yeah, because of his own... You know, like, just, like, that's how he's programmed. He was programmed to chase weak dogs. He's like the um, bird of prey. <laughs> yeah. I hate when animals die in movies. Yeah. I used to yeah, turn them off. Do- Maybe they didn't want you to be like, yeah, the bad dog's dead. Maybe they did want you to feel for him, too, at the end, but I don't know. That I've never got, seen Benji. That one got me. I don't. I don't even. Any remember. movies with dogs, you're gonna cry. It's gonna be a manipulative thing where at some point you're gonna cry. Yeah, they got those eyes. Yeah, they got those eyes. I'm just dog f- eyes. I, oh no, I'm, wait, puppy eyes. I'm just posting a video today on YouTube, and it's starring my dog Stevie Wonder. Really? Yeah. But it's, but it's a video for a song from Night Owl. Yeah, for Fallen In. Oh. Yeah. And and Stevie Wonder's in it. Yeah, it's just all it's all him doing his thing. It's yeah, I met your dog. Uh, what type of is it? He's a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel mixed with a Beagle. I think a Beagle. I don't know for sure. Did you say Cavalier King Charles Spaniel? Yeah, it's a very very fancy dog. Name. Yeah, it sounds like a truffle. It's really hard to say to everybody on the street over and over. Yeah. What's it? Say it again. Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. I like the cavalier part. Yeah. It's the dog from Lady and the Tramp. That lady is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My daughter's already into that movie. Really? Yeah. Do you know Peggy Lee did the music for all that movie? Oh, nice. Uh-huh. No, I didn't. Uh-huh. Yeah, my daughter's like, what's a tramp? Oh, I forgot the Peggy Lee record that I made with my dad. That was oh, one was of covers. my records. Yes. Okay. But He's a Tramp is on it. I don't know that. When did you do that? Uh, it's like 2013 or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah. That's amazing. It's really good. Uh, my dad's on it. Bob Mover. Bob Mover. Google him. Yeah. He's um, played the saxophone for, for so many years. Centuries. And <laughs> he's not going to like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I um, meant that in like a this is how much skills you have. He's way. one of the he's one of the last musicians to have learned about music and jazz on the street. Yeah. Like through playing with people as opposed to yeah school which is a different way of learning it mm-hmm. um but yeah what was i saying oh yeah what does he think about that what's that movie the drumming one which one 
where the the teacher's oh, really oh, mean. Oh, yeah. What is that one? Whiplash. Or Whiplash. Something? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you thought it was so stupid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you it was really stupid. Yeah, it turns out. It's really funny. It's like yeah. just even the concept of there being like a jazz thriller is really funny I know. to me. You know, guess it didn't take off. There have been too many since. It becomes its own genre. Yeah. Jazz, jazz thriller. Jazz thriller. Yeah. I can't play the saxophone this hard. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen Whiplash. I don't like it because really dumb things happen in it. Really? <laughs> Does the teacher get, is it like single white female except the teacher is the single white female and he gets like creepy intense about no, how the it's t- just literally like the teacher does see potential in the student and he drives him and drives him and treats him like shit to get out the real potential that's hidden mm. inside and the audience goes, this is too much. Mm-hmm. And then you become on the student's side that it's like absurd and then... It actually turns out that the teacher needed to be the biggest piece of shit for the kid to to thrive to get to the point where he's finally a good jazz um, drummer. I had a an acting and there's more to it, but I had an acting teacher like that in high school because I went to the um, I went to the Fame High School in New York. Oh, really? You know, cool. you know that? Are you in the title sequence of the TV show? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> me and Lady Gaga and Nicki Is Minaj. Is she in it? Did she go there? Nicki Minaj went there. Lady Gaga went there. Jennifer Aniston went there. Did you know them? The whole gang. We were all the best of friends. (laughs) Well. It's like the sisterhood of the traveling pants, but it's me, Nicki Minaj, Jennifer Aniston, and Lady Gaga. Those are all people I would be too intimidated to talk to. You'd think so, but the pants, like, really bring us together. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you're right. Everyone has the same pants. Ch- crazy pants. Uh, but, but yeah, yeah I had there. a Sorry. mean acting teacher yeah. who was like that. And he was this Russian guy. Yeah. Marat Yusim. Mm-hmm. And he, um, Marat Yusim. he was very into Stanislavski. Okay. So we all studied Stanislavski. We were all these like little 14-year-olds studying Stanislavski. That's too much. And he would do things like, I know, (laughs) I was like inside smoking in the bathroom at lunch because I hated it so much. But uh, that's what made me decide not to be an actor. This like this high, this fame high school. You did not care about fame. No. And you know, every day someone would be singing that song in the hallway. Good Lord. It was really lame. Lame. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I went to the Fraggle Rock high school. What? (laughs) (laughs) Um, <laughs> I'm like sorry about that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, but so, he was so mean. He yeah. would like drag the chair. Like if you were doing a scene, he would drag like a chair across the floor, really slowly, oh and then he'd start whistling as like, and you did have like to. Like if keep you broke your attention, you were a bad actor. Like he was. You didn't know what was going on, and then he'd <laughs> stop and go like, "This is nothing." And like, <laughs> he just made <laughs> You'd be like, yeah, I cry. know. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like it. And yeah. then he would always be like, this is not how Jennifer Aniston did it. <laughs> like, all the time. Really? Because Friends was on. Friends was on. At the time. So that was his prize. His prize thing. Yeah, memory. He was like, yeah. Like, yeah. And, I, and I really couldn't stand him. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I know, but I think Jennifer that Jennifer Aniston would have... Uh, 
acted beyond the chair. Oh, she was so good. He yeah. was always going on about how good Jennifer Aniston was. To the yeah. point where, like, now when I rewatch Friends, I still, like, look for the method acting and Jennifer Aniston's style of sitcom acting. Yeah. Because I'm like, she's really good. I took an acting <laughs> teacher recently in Toronto, and he kept... One of my friends is a pretty popular actor now on TV and stuff, and he is the one that recommended me to take this class, mm-hmm. but the teacher didn't know that, and I got to see him using my friend as an example mm, every class. That's so funny. He was so proud of him. And there was a part of me that wanted to drop, like, yeah, check it out. But um, <laughs> I also don't, like, my problem with acting is I'm just too much of a comedian. I don't, acting dramatic is too funny to me. I, I know can't, what like, you mean. I can't not play it with a wink. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's too funny. But there's, like a, like, a perpetual wink in your eye, too. Mine? Yeah. Or actors? No, yours. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I can't live life without a wink. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, even right now, you're not winking at all. Oh, but, but there, it, it I am. It could happen. Like, it's yeah. <laughs> it's, no, you didn't. <laughs> live life with a wink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, you know, um, but you, made, you're, you you're, made a comment. Th- okay, I was thinking about this because you made a comment. Uh, no, this is a corny thing to talk about. I don't know what I'm saying. Let's talk about it. Well, it's weird. This is like this weird. Maybe people have noticed I'm depressed lately or something. But you made a comment that I was like smart or something like you and your brain or something. And when did I say that? Wh- oh, do you take <laughs> it back? We were at that cookie shop. Oh, downstairs. <laughs> no, at the other, oh, the other when day. I bumped into you. Well, yeah, I do think you're smart. Thanks. But here's the thing. <laughs> and then and then a family member said that recently. And that I'm like, smart? yeah, but nobody's ever said that. And but like, I don't even think that. Uh, and I, I think it's bad to think that. But then I was thinking about my life up until now because I just turned 40, you know? So I was thinking, like, maybe what it is is it's not being smart per se because I don't really believe in that to a degree. But what it is is picking a career like ours mm-hmm. where you live outside for so long right? Yeah. that you just say things weird. Yeah. And that's what regular people think could be. Uh, maybe some people interpret it as, like, intelligence but really it's like no i've literally been outside <laughs> objectively Just lucky enough watching. to not be a part of the Does that herd? Make sense you know what i'm saying <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like, look at i know it's like <laughs> annalise is in here recording it and like yeah this is my second podcast with a third party in the room and i'm like now it's like do you know we need I mean? to please her <laughs> <laughs> yeah you want a mic um but I feel like that's also the type of conversation where they're like, do you know what I mean? And the other person can't say anything else. <laughs> but uh, yes. Okay. I had a boyfriend <laughs> that said no to that all the time. What are you talking I, about? I'd be like, do you know when you're in that mood where you just like feel a little strange, you feel a little off? And he'd be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and it was horrible. Is that the same guy? No, oh. no, it's not. But oh. let's just, but you know, he's... he's He's a really good guy. So. Right. But it was just a habit that he had. I don't think he even realizes that he was like just fully shutting me down. Did he say it like this? No. <laughs> it wasn't Tom. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. Because that actually would have surprised me. Uh-uh. I'm really good no. friends with one of Emily's boyfriends. Ex-boyfriends. Ex-boyfriends. <laughs> 
Yeah. Tom's my f- my friend now, though. Like, we've known each other for yeah. almost a decade, and we dated for, like, a year of it. Yeah. And also, Kayla's the most amazing woman, and Tom's yeah. super lucky. Both people have done this podcast. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Everyone that has done this podcast has kissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's because you make us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we get the lights off in here? <laughs> um, but, yeah, the thing is, is... Uh, yeah, that would have surprised me because Tom is a super empathetic person. Oh, yeah, no, no. But like you said, they weren't conscious of it, so it could have been. But you never know. But it wasn't. Okay, never know. So anyways, it drove me crazy. It was a m- miscellaneous. It was miscellaneous. My my ex-boyfriend miscellaneous. <laughs> <laughs> Miss, there she is. Miscellaneous. Mr. Lanius. Mr. Lanius. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's annoying. Yeah. You know what happens to me uh, is because... I th- th- here's how I know I'm not smart. This is actually how I know I'm the opposite. I'm dumb. One time, ta- well, like every now and then, I will try and like I think too much and I formulate th- uh, thoughts over a period of time that I think is like uh, you know revelatory. And then it takes me maybe five minutes sometimes to explain what I've discovered to the other person. Mm-hmm. But every time at the end of me explaining, the other person always goes like this. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, what? That hurt my head for so long. (laughs) And you're just like, yeah. You know what I mean? I think they're faking. I think they don't even. I think they got the. uh, No, I think they know. No, because I know people that say things and they act like it's super complicated and it is really simple and worthy of like a yeah, I know thing. And Mm -hmm. and it's really frustrating. You've never done that to to me. Where I'm like. Check out this, like, you know, epiphany I had, and then it's like basic info. <laughs> yeah, but it's like it's different with you because you're like having a weird, like, creative process where you're about to turn it into like comedy gold. <laughs> uh, maybe Thanks. that's you say. Uh, you're just you are smart. No, I'm funny. Um, you need maybe. to be. I could say smart I'm funny. funny. I could say I'm funny. Well, have you listened to this podcast ever before in your life? No, it's okay. I'm so, sorry. Do you know? Do you even know what it's called? I've never listened to a podcast. No, it's okay. Before, you know, so. I say it's it's totally fine because I say to everybody else, like I actually don't listen to a lot of podcasts myself. I've I listen never to, like, listened Radio to Lab, one. And that's about it. I've never listened to a podcast. This one, but ever. do you know even know what this is called? Utopia to me. Yeah. So, do you know why? Because we talk about what utopia would be like. If according to you, according to me, according to me, yeah, you, uh, you me, you, uh, according utopia to, to you, you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you thought about it at all in my life? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Actually, I've been sort of about that a lot lately. Give me some ideas. I think there's a lot of sensory stuff, like that things would smell, sound, and. Like smell and sound good. Mm-hmm. Like I find that there are a lot of bad smells, and a oh. lot of and a lot of bad sounds. Like mm-hmm. probably, like you know, trucks the beep beep mm-hmm. beep or like that kind of thing. Especially when I'm PMSing, I mm-hmm. can't stand those things. Like they really make me feel because like the I'm, beeps. Are like audible versions they of go the drips into, of blood. I don't know what it is. They go like into my my Anyways. solar plexus. I'm sorry, sounds. it's awful. 
And then I feel like a crazy person because everybody else is having to witness the sounds too. And I think about a gun. I think about guns when I hear those sounds sometimes. And then so I'm like, so shoot the person that's creating the sound, or just yeah, shoot or like yourself? a really loud motorcycle. Shoot the person. I want to shoot. It's the weird person. how like those sounds. Some of them are we can't like motorcycles are consciously obnoxious, but other stuff like construction and trucks and stuff that help with the city, we put we act like they're rude. But, but don't you like think that utilitarian for the use like? Of why the do city. they have to be those sounds? Like I, you know, couldn't it be like the it Beatles could be in your utopia? Yeah, and like could it be the the Beatles? <laughs> so when a truck's backing up, it's like love, love me, yeah. do, and everyone's like, look out! <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it's coming exactly. to crush us. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All you need is love. <laughs> oh, you didn't hear it. Well, that would yeah. that would still sound better. <laughs> Then beep, beep, crush. Yeah, because even if you are getting crushed by the truck, you'd be like, I love the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> Best band of all time. And then your brain squishes out. <laughs> there's yeah. a really bad... I like Ringo. There's a really bad <laughs> joke. Do you know that joke about the guy who's the saxophone player who... My dad just told me this joke. <laughs> Believe it or not. Um, the saxophone player who... Is it racist or sexist? No. Or homophobic? No. Okay, hit it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> also, even if it was those things, hit it. Hit and it. Here's the disclaimer. <laughs> no, um, so this guy is like, he's quit playing the saxophone. And he's gone through a really horrible depression, and then it's this beautiful day. It's a beautiful spring day, and he, the, this isn't okay. It's a beautiful spring day, and he's like, I'm. You know what? I'm going to play the saxophone again. So he goes and he gets his saxophone. He goes out on his balcony, and he starts playing. Um, somewhere over the rainbow, you know. Somewhere over the rainbow, do 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 do, and then he can't remember the bridge. Yeah. And these people are starting to gather, and they're like, "Play the bridge." And he plays it again, and he can't remember it, and he feels that starting to feel really bad, and the depression's creeping back, and so he throws his saxophone down, and he jumps off the balcony. And he's losing consciousness, and he hears the ambulance coming, and it's going, you know, which is the bridge. Right. That's the joke. So does he fly back up to the saxophone? No, he dies. (laughs) (laughs) But what if we had trucks that, but at least he figured out what the bridge was. You know what I mean? So what if the trucks, what if the actual sound of trucks backing up, um, consciously helped struggling musicians <laughs> come up with melodies <laughs> yeah or like or or like it wouldn't even have to be the beatles like uh you know independent musicians could get hired to have their song play on garbage trucks yeah like who is this yeah exactly yeah, I love everybody that. would be shazamming trucks yeah stinky and, trucks yeah oh no but you want to change smells too smells too so let's start your utopia then with the image of a beautifying a garbage truck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I gotta stop. I'm so like a comedian. I have to play the whole <laughs> audience. I'm sorry. At least you read a room. Part of my utopia oh. would also be not having people who can't read a room be alive. Oh God. Where, where are they coming from? I don't know. Rooms with no one in them. Um, that's 
Oh, do you want to hear a weird? Uh, t- no, you, let's talk. Okay, let's talk about your thing. Garbage truck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it wouldn't smell bad at all. It probably smell like essential oils. Hmm. That's nice. So, like, I'm getting a massage. It'd probably be like decorated with wallpaper, like vintage wallpaper. <laughs> Wait, are you living in this thing? <laughs> <laughs> no, but like you could. Yeah. That's how. So what does garbage look like then? Is it still the same? I haven't thought of that. Because it wouldn't stink as well. Well, I guess maybe it would all just turn to like cotton candy. Wow. So what if garbage trucks just became like giant mouths of children and then we (laughs) threw cotton candy into their mouths? Well, then I guess we wouldn't need garbage trucks. Yeah. See? And you just have these nice little bouncy houses going down the street playing the Beatles Mm -hmm. with nice vintage wallpaper. Yeah. Listen, garbage men do a really good job. They have a really shitty job, and they do a really good job. So yeah, I don't and want they are the butt of jokes a lot. And I have to admit that I've used being a garbage man as a butt of a joke. It's pretty. It's a pretty brave gig to decide to devote your life to. Every garbage man I've seen in real life has been very kind yeah. and cool. Yeah, and they have to deal with people. Like, they know that people are out there saying, like... You're a garbage man. Yeah, you're a garbage man. That's the hard part. <laughs> That's the hard it's part. Like, yeah, they need a cool new name. Yeah. Clean dogs. Clean dogs. <laughs> the clean crew. Yeah. Cleaning crew is cool. Cleaning clean crew, crew is much cooler. Yeah, yeah. They should Cleaning do that. Cleaning crew's here. Love, love I like dogs, too. <laughs> I like dogs. I like adding dogs in there, though. Yeah, I kind of use that a lot. I like dogs. Yeah. Like is it D-A-W in your head? No, to be honest, I keep it... It's uh, D-O-G. Yeah, British. <laughs> <laughs> the British spelling. You keep it O-G. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get it? Oh my God. <laughs> that was incredible. Yeah, I guess we should say that too because we've talked about your career as a musician, which is excellent. And I should say I've seen a lot of your concerts. I didn't say that before. Or shows. And You've like, come to shows. They're amazing. Thanks. They're always really good. And I said this down in the cafeteria, but I should have said it now. But your <laughs> version of, uh, I really like your Paul Simon's Doctor song, Go to the, the Doctor the Other Day. Run that body down. Go, yeah, go to the one. Doctor the Other Day. <laughs> <laughs> I like that song. Go like, to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I like your go to the doctor the other day version. Uh, that one is memorable to me. Yeah, yeah. And then you had some early songs that you had from before, like way before that were, I don't know, really spoke to me, but it's been a long time since I heard them. I wonder if that. like they still would because it's been so many years. There's certain We've types of like, people. yeah, but there's certain types of hooks in uh, songs that always get me. Like I'm a I'm a certain type of person. I like I like minor chord changes. I like uh, <laughs> meander. <laughs> I don't know music a certain talk. Certain type of person. <laughs> what? Is that what I said? Yeah, I'm a certain type of person. I like minor chord changes. <laughs> oh, like that type of guy. I okay. read for Rolling Stone magazine, and this is how I got the gig, mm-hmm. from my knowledge, but um, of music. I get what you like. I think I, you like you like a certain kind of. There's a ponderous sound in tunes. Dissonance. Like a, yeah. You like a dissonance. So whatever that one is, that has that nice hook, and it's a bit ponderous, and it goes on a little bit. I can't remember. See, isn't that <laughs> terrible? I like that one. No, it's good that you remember the song. At but if it, yeah, but if it was like a few years ago, uh, I would have remembered. Yeah. You wrote me a Facebook message about a song a few years ago when I was living in Hamilton, and it's on that record. It's on Night Owl. Shoulda. The song? Oh, okay. Yeah. You said it was good. 
It's number four. Hey, this is good. Hey, this is good. <laughs> Go to the doctor the other day. <laughs> shoulda. What's that shoulda song? Hey, have fun. Anyways, <laughs> have fun in Hamilton. I don't remember, but well, that's cool. You'll remember okay, I'm gonna it check when it you out. hear it. Yeah. So I don't have a record player right now in my house. So if I just put a pin on it and spin it on my finger, yeah. it's fine. It still right? works. It okay, works. Good. But it'll come out of your mouth. <laughs> oh, okay. Then that's <laughs> fine. Then, I, yeah, my daughter will think that I'm so talented. That'll be really cool for her. Um, what else are we talking about? Oh, yeah. But you are very humorous and you love pun jokes. I do. You should tell everyone. A pun? Well, you just did a good one. Yeah, that's that's for now. The OG. I I've learned I've learned from Hank. Do you remember the time that you and me and Kathleen were hanging out and we were really Okay. Yeah, yeah. We were stoned, I? yeah. <laughs> and yeah. um and Uh-oh. I like admitted to you guys <laughs> that uh I was scared to make jokes around you. Do you remember that? Uh yeah, maybe. It sounds like you. But also <laughs> that's nuts. <laughs> But it took me a long time because when I first started hanging out with comedians, I was like, oh, funny is a different thing than I thought. No. So I was like intimidated to make jokes. And now I'm not. Yeah. But because um, now you realize just because someone says they're a comedian actually doesn't mean they're funny. That's right. But I have learned certain things from hanging out with comedians that, or maybe not even learned, but picked up certain habits. Like when someone says, oh, that would make a good sketch about something that wouldn't make a, like that's just a funny thing to say in passing. It's not like Mm -hmm. it's going to make a good sketch. That irks me, even Mm -hmm. though I'm not a comedian (laughs) and I'm never going to write a sketch. But you do know funny. I know when things are funny. You have a good sense of humor. Yeah, I've got, but I think I also got that from my dad. The jazz musicians love their jokes. Yeah. Yeah. My, I told you my dad was uh, good friends with uh, Kitty Bruce. Yeah. Lenny Bruce's daughter. Oh, you didn't want to be official on recording? What? Oh, because I quoted good yeah, friends? Yeah, you quoted it? Well, I don't know. I don't want to get into, you know, anything too personal. He knew her. He knew her. That's nice. Knows um, her. Knows her. She's um, still alive. <clears throat> okay, so uh, this is, um, you know, random. This has nothing to do with what you're just talking about, but this is a weird, ba- a bad sexist joke I just remembered. Cool. <laughs> so this woman walks into a bar and says to the bartender, uh, uh, give me an in, give me an, a double on entendre. And uh, <laughs> so he gave it to her. No, wait. Oh, I screwed up the joke. <laughs> okay. She goes, give me a... Yeah, she goes, give me a sexual double entendre or something. Does that make sense? I fucked up the joke. <laughs> wow. Did I explain what I wanted to explain, though? <laughs> it's so he wants to, he gave it to her. I get it. <laughs> that I make can't a good believe sketch. how much I butchered that <laughs> shitty old joke. That's amazing. Give me a, does that make sense, though? Give me a double entendre. So he gave it to her. No. Maybe it's a yeah. sexual innuendo. No yeah. He gave forgot. it to her. It's a double entendre. Hey, everyone listening at home, if you remember this crappy old bar joke, <laughs> uh, tweet me the real one because I really b- butchered it. Does this happen live? Is it a live thing? I've never listened to a podcast. Everyone is like in a, Is everybody already listening? Everybody's in a giant stadium right now <gasps> watching us on the uh, oh my <laughs> Jumbotron. <God. laughs> no, no. I can edit this out, but I won't because I'm. I keep it real. Oh, shit. I want everybody in the world to know that I can screw up a crappy joke. Who, uh, yeah, that's okay. So. You're so smart. He knew I'm not, though. <laughs> that's actually bothering me now. What, that you're. Uh, that 
Some people have said that, and I am dumb. You're not dumb. Listen, he knew Kitty Bruce. Yeah. Who is? Lenny Bruce's progeny daughter. Isn't that insane? Isn't that insane? So he hung out with a revolutionary comedian's daughter, and he has a sense of humor himself. I think that there's a thing with uh, jazz musicians and and comedians, like especially in the 70s. Because you have to think outside the box. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you have to like push your mind to hit those minor chord changes. <laughs> That's the type of person you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's the type of person is I am. Is I like a lot of music. <laughs> That's what I basically said. <laughs> Um, See, that's not a smart comment. Yeah, but... I'm not one of those guys. I'm not not like a BBC sort of like... Those guys are smart in a different way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're smart in a different way. You're smart with like a good... In a different way. I'm the same kind of smart as as you. Yeah, we're like emotional... um, Emotional intelligence birds of prey. No, we're just emotional. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. This is the episode for everyone listening. This is the episode where my guest, great musician and he- humorous person, Emily Mover, just keeps reassuring me that I'm smart. <laughs> <laughs> Feels really good. You know, a lot of people I like that I'm close to have, ma- have told me that I make them feel stupid. So you should be happy that I make you feel smart. <laughs> oh, that that's a really nice compliment. Uh, but unless you, stupid people are saying that, no, I you're think like you're supposed to pull the door open, and they're like, "You make me <laughs> stupid." <laughs> I think I'm just a little self righteous with those that I'm super close to, which in my utopia I wouldn't be. What do you mean? So you're like pushing them around or something? No, I just find that like if people like remember the thing that you were talking about like with moms where they're like. Oh, look at that! Isn't that nice? Like if you're walking and they're always. Do you know what I mean? Like when you're with, there's like a mom type, right? That's yeah. like, yeah, like that makes me so mad. Yeah, and I think it's stupid. So I'll like rush people. Yeah, like if like if they don't know how to do something to properly, thing. like yeah, like do yeah, it yeah. logically, do it properly, get it done. I yeah, I I have impatience with that too. Um, yeah. Or like if people are really... Like people need to know... At a certain point in life, you need to know some shorthand. Exactly. Like my mom told me that th- this production she saw of the Rocky Horror Picture Show was excellent. And I'm like, okay. But then five minutes later, she's still telling me it's excellent. <laughs> what else do I need to do now? <laughs> I can't keep hearing this. Yeah. You know exactly. what I mean? It doesn't mean anything anymore. I don't... It actually makes me hate... <laughs> the rocky horror picture show and it makes me hate you (laughs) (laughs) you know you've ruined so many things by just saying it was excellent you don't understand you have to understand you should go see it why should i see it it was excellent (laughs) is that it what do you you need to move on and the brain's just like getting a massage from talking about that subject for some reason yeah my friend does this, and it's very mom-like, where we'll pass by something and she'll read a sign out as though it's, like, the most um, <laughs> interesting thing in the world. Like, yeah. Greek town, new cuisine? What's that? 
And I fucking hate it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, it's a fucking restaurant. Yeah. It's another one. That's really funny. Let's go. Gee, I wonder what it is. Oh, maybe the <laughs> sign just says exactly what it yeah. is. So I can make people feel stupid by being like, it's a restaurant, let's go. Hmm, maybe we're impatient then. Yeah, Emotionally I'm really impatient. impatient. You and I are the same. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's <laughs> Uh, but it's funny because they aren't you supposed to like really dislike people that are a lot like you? So in your utopia, no, I don't know. I think that's a weird thing I think about all the time. I think secretly everybody wants people to be exactly like them in the moment. Like it's so random. It's like you want somebody to be exactly how you want them to be in the moment that serves you best. That's right. You know, and then so it's like, yeah. Well, I guess I would have to say... So when you're saying opposites attract, it's because this person with these other sets of skills helps you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, because if it was two boneheads, you'd both be going over the (laughs) river in the canoe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the opposite. Or you'd both really be enjoying the restaurant sign. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Just be standing there. I would love to walk by two people pointing and talking about our sign over and over again. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Must be Greek. (laughs) What's this? Always. Do you think it's cuisine? (laughs) It says it's new. (laughs) They keep repeating the different words. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't understand. So in your utopia, cut to the chase. Cut to the chase. Yeah. Or give me something new. um, How about that, right? Not you. I'm saying to to these people. Yeah. Get it together. Well, you know what I mean. Like this is bad, but like I this is what I'm saying. You know what I mean. But I'm talking about <laughs> what you mean. <laughs> but like comedians now, the main thing is is, and I've been doing comedy for like almost 20 years. And comedians now, the main thing in all these Netflix specials is people come out, and most of their thing is talking about like, you know, pretty obvious stuff. They're like, "This is who I am." This is what I look like, and this is what people think about what I look like. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a, we need a space for that now, obviously, because of diversity is all mm-hmm. good, but mm-hmm. everybody's doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's a part of me where I'm like, let me know how you think or feel about any other topic now. For sure. See what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how humor is enjoyable. Take that person and go into the world in other yeah. areas. Yeah. Like everything is so surface level now. So just so it's like level. pablum fed to the masses instead of like people really trying to push to have a unique thought about it or a new thought about something. But, you know, it's funny because when I was like, I think it has something to do with youth and like the world's obsession with youth. Because really, when you're really young, you don't have that much other than what's on the surface i mean you have stuff growing and and developing but you (laughs) definitely have this beautiful thing on the surface like we're all gorgeous when we're 22 right yeah well and i remember thinking I (laughs) (laughs) i remember thinking that like when people were like oh i'd never be 25 again i'm so glad i have this wisdom i remember thinking like oh no you just you just miss your beautiful skin like that right. that the wisdom meant nothing and now I'm so do you learning, think wisdom like pushing to have more wisdom in age is attributed like to ugly it. well i think that or like i think not you can't attractive? see wisdom and it's oh, I see. and it's it's so valuable but in society we don't have 
that much importance, as much importance placed on that. Like it's almost like it's so much easier uh-huh. to disbelieve wisdom, right? Because so if I cause say, oh, learn, I'm wise, yeah. then you, I could be lying. It's so know? funny because when you learn <laughs> about Socrates, a lot of the things that come up is like... Socrates? Ew. Sorry. What? <laughs> I said soccer teams? Soccer teams. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my God. Sports. Yeah. Oh, but Socrates, people are always like, ew, he was ugly. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like, what the wisest man. Yeah. He got killed for being too smart. Yeah. People, and people are, are like, you should have seen his about... face, though. Yeah. People are always <laughs> like, his Instagram was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Imagine like, yeah, I don't know. Anyways. But then if all, what I'm trying to say is that if the things that have more value are all surface, then people are just going to talk about those things because they want to talk about important mm-hmm. things and important things are the things that have value. Yeah. Right? Like, sure, the sign advertises, you know, Greek cuisine, but, you know, <laughs> like, what are you going to do after that food's in your stomach and digesting? Take a shit. You're going to take a fucking shit. And that's ugly. You're right. That's wise. That's right. Shit is wisdom. Shit is wisdom. (laughs) I don't think that connected 100%. No, I don't know. (laughs) But I was wondering just now if in my utopia there would be shit. Whoa. You're really going after. the unseen uh, areas of the <laughs> urban life. What are other people's utopias? You go like? after garbage trucks and <laughs> sewers. Because and- <laughs> they all stink. <laughs> they stink. If it sounds bad and it stinks, I don't want it. But I would be fine with ugly, like physical ugliness. Shit sounds bad, too. Yeah. God. I would be fine with physical ugliness being all over my utopia if it just could sound good. Good and smell good. And look nice. I know it could look <laughs> ugly. I mean, it would be nice if the mountains were the way they are. I love. Imagine mountains look like <laughs> Socrates' face <laughs> and you had to climb that. Only soccer team could do it. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. My favorite philosopher is soccer team. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. And Play Doh, of course. <laughs> um, yeah. So you really want to clean up this place? Well,. I just feel like, yeah, I guess I guess that seems to be what I'm saying. In a way, it's a way it, it's denying like something that you know is necessary. No, but also, true. I think you're it's right. good because it's your personal utopia, so you can do whatever you want. You can jazz well, that's it up. the thing. You can spruce up the place because I understand that the things in the world that are negative or I, that I have a bad reaction to, there's. There's very likely some reason that that has to exist. You know, you need the unhappiness, you need the darkness to appreciate the light, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, I don't how do you know, know if something I would, smells good if it if, if you, it, had, if you can't compare it to the shit. Well, that's that. I feel like maybe that quality of life that exists in real life, maybe we wouldn't have that in my utopia. Maybe we would just know that something was great without needing sadness to prove that it was great. Know what I'm saying? Would you think in your utopia? I feel like I would just feel. No, I wouldn't want to think too much. I think the brain plays too many tricks. Hmm. And you see babies and dogs and animals and stuff, and I don't know how much they're thinking, but. Yeah, but guess who cleans up their shit? Garbage men. (laughs) The damned thinkers. 
I've thought about that a lot because I've read about Zen and a lot and stuff. Mm-hmm. And people are always like, a child is Zen. If you watch a baby, it's Zen. Right. It's like, yeah, but it gets to be Zen because I'm freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know what I mean? Like, what the hell? Exactly. I hate that. But in your perfect utopia, yeah, I think that's like, you can do whatever you want. Like I said. But also, sometimes I think that my perfect utopia would just be like, you know what I think it it would be is like sitting in a room with a bunch of interesting people talking about interesting things, feeling love with all those people and not having to drink or use any kind of substance to um to feel that connection and that that real meaning. We were talking about this the other day, and you have been abstaining from drinking for over a year. That's right. And you feel a million times better. That's right. I always, I envy that, because I always, I think drinking to a degree is necessary, like, uh, for for some people, like, you know, I think it's a good, like, release Mm -hmm. valve, you know, every now and then, but... I really don't like, like, I'm depressed for days after. Yeah. I think drinking slows down everything I want to do in life. Oh, yeah, for sure. I was even thinking about, like, how it would be different being here right now and, like, coming down here today if I was hungover. It would suck. I'd be like, fuck, now I have to talk for an hour? Well, I still do that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. I'm depressed for, like, a week after, like, a real late night. Yeah, yeah. But it must, I mean, there must be something to it if you're doing it, if you're still doing it, right? Like, it, it helps people connect. I can't tell. I can't tell. Yeah, the social aspect is important. It just was disconnecting me. Yeah. It was supposed to be helping me connect, but then it was it was disconnecting me. Yeah, so how did you feel that? Like, what what made you feel that? <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> um, well, how did I, what's the question? Um, what, how did you start feeling like it was a disconnect? Drinking, social drinking. Um, because I used to do it like for fun and then I did it to have fun mm-hmm. and then I did it to have fun even when I wasn't having fun mm-hmm. and then it just became about like my personal relationship with alcohol so I'd be out and I'd be thinking about oh I better get like another beer and I wouldn't even be listening to the person that I was talking to. And then I'd want to get to like a certain level of like, oh, my anxiety has subsided and I'm like drunk enough. And now, you know, but then it was disconnecting because I'd wake up the next morning and I what I had thought in the moment was like a good conversation. I couldn't be sure the next day. (laughs) You know, I was like, was I being overbearing? Was I doing all the talking? Was I did I say something I shouldn't have said? Like maybe that was a little intense, Yeah, you know, and I just couldn't be sure so then I'd be disconnected from everybody because I wouldn't because it just became a habit where the only time I really took chances socially or like with people was when I was in a place that I would forget what how that felt so I'd wake up the next day and I'd be like I don't know what's appropriate yeah (laughs) you know and now you know the funny thing is I still really like being around people that are drinking like it doesn't bother me but it's great because now I can like remember. I don't know. I just feel like my connections with people are really renewed since I stopped. As an objective observer at a bar, do you see do you see a sort of sadness in like a lot of people that are hanging out drinking? 
sometimes certain people i feel like i've gone through phases where i've like abstained for like almost a month i haven't done a full month ever <laughs> but once you start looking at a at a bar like that maybe it's the perspective i want to see so who knows but sometimes you start being like wow everyone looks fucking tired man yeah <laughs> you know i think it like depends on the bar and depends on the person but i feel like every yeah. bar that i've gone to i've seen someone and i'm like oh 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 <laughs> are yeah. you okay yeah yeah because well we can express ourselves and then then and then there's the type of person that doesn't even do that and yeah. then they also use alcohol you know which is kind of like a double way of like stuffing everything inside oh yeah it's a really good way to put off dealing with what you need to deal with yeah like every now and then i have a bender and it was clearly a joyful celebration mm-hmm. with friends and then you're like, yeah, see, this is where it's at. Yeah. And then a couple nights later, you do it again, and you have a headache, Wait. and you're tired, <laughs> and you're sad. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's like, it's weird. It's like, that's why I think it's like, I don't know, for me, I want it to just be like a celebration every now and then. But it's Here's hard because you, we live in such a social, that's like part of the fabric of. I think what, I w- what I'm going to say is that, like, my utopia would be a place where people didn't have shame about who they were. That also smelled good. And um, I think that there's something intrinsically uh, linked to shame and drinking, which I think I've said to you before. Because people drink and then, well, with me, I would drink and then I'd wake up and I'd feel shameful. And I wouldn't even know exactly where to place that shame, like in what conversation or what moment of the night. But I know that a lot of people that I know who, who drink have expressed that to me, too, where it's just like that hangover. They don't even know why that shame a little bit, but it's there. And I feel like if you just pile those little moments of shamefulness on, to- on top of each other, eventually it's like, how do you how do you connect? Right. Mm-hmm. So my utopia would be everybody being like, yeah, I'm, I'm fucked up. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a I'm a, you know. I'm selfish. It doesn't seem as fucked up, too, when people are confident enough to express these things. Yeah, exactly, because it's really not... That's what helps the shame dissipate. Exactly. Because we're all doing the same thing, and we just don't talk about it, so it's... But my utopia, that's what it would be. That's, like, the nugget of truth in this about actually what my utopia... Shame be gone. Shame be gone. Go to the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Shame be gone." <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but I think so. I think so. Very nice. S- like smells nice, uh, sounds nice, and no shame. Yeah, but there can still be ugly people. And also, if you're hanging, yeah, you could be ugly, but get to the point. What are you <laughs> trying to say? That's really good. I like it a lot. Anything you want to promote? This is coming out. Night Owl is yeah. out. Night Owl's out. Night Owl's out. Yeah. yeah. Go on go on iTunes and buy it. Or go on Spotify and... Uh, How much are you, do you tour in support of these albums? I did a few shows in support of this one, but I don't know. It's... Uh, so if you really love the album, request Emily come to your town. Yeah, do it. Would you do one-offs? Tell me... Yeah, tell me where to go. I'll come play a show. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Did you have fun? Yeah, always. Okay, me too. You're so smart. (laughs) Let's get out of here. (laughs)
All right, everyone. That was Emily Mover. Emily, thanks so much for coming on. It was uh, a blast hanging out and chatting again with an old friend. And guys, go grab her albums, all of them. They're great. Uh, Really good uh, music and very enjoyable. And she's so talented. Also, follow her at Emily Mover on Twitter if you want to know other stuff that's going on. And that's it. Then follow us, of course, at Utopia to Me, and then tweet at me and say, "No, this is how that joke's supposed to go." Remember, I made a bad joke and I didn't understand. Double entendre. Or, anyways, you'll see. Just help me. Anyways, it's an old bar joke. And then, uh, yeah, and then tell everyone to listen to this podcast too, because I mean, come on, eighty-nine episodes. That's amazing. This has got to be this podcast. I'm telling you, it's going to change the world. We just need your. You just keep supporting it. And thank you for everyone that does do that. Also, follow me at Chris Lock Fun. Uh, I got shows coming up all the time, and so then you'll hear about that. And also, I write really weird, really funny jokes on Twitter, and then you can see those. And that's it. Okay, so uh, put your rollerblades back on. Get back out there. Uh, walk across the grass. But you know what? Stay off the sidewalk, all right? You people with rollerblades on, listening to your podcast on the sidewalk, you're bothering us. I mean, some of us are pushing strollers with babies in it. Uh, I don't mean to be so aggressive, but get on the road. But then when you're on the road, please be aware of cars. Okay, thanks so much. Enjoy yourself out there. Look at the sun. Look down. Look again. Now the sun is gone. Touch a tree and thank it for all its help. Okay, thanks so much. Bye. Thank you.